right, good morning, everyone. Let's just stand up and worship the Lord.
right? You out there today? You out there to worship the Lord today? I'll try that again. You out there to worship the Lord today? All right, that's a little bit better. that you would choose me just a lowly girl from a simple family who am I that angels speak my name called to be the mother of the one who comes to save oh what a king Emmanuel have a seat real quick and we're going to go celebrate our fourth Sunday in Advent. How about that? So um, time to get Christmas done, right? Here we go. Peace. We hear that word and we envision something without conflict. Peace involves that, but there's so much more. Peace is a restored state of wholeness. The birth of Jesus announces the arrival of peace, and the death of Jesus creates peace with God. And when the angels proclaim peace on earth, 
the shepherds heard what our hearts long to hear, that God is indeed restoring all of it to his original and glorious purposes. So may we experience that kind of peace. It's an invitation for every person, and it's here now because Jesus is here now. This is peace. Right. So here we are at this uh, last part um, of Advent. So at this time, we're going to go ahead and let our kids head to our Haven Kids um, Sunday School today. And the rest of you, look at somebody and say, good to see you in church, and I hope you got your Christmas done. everybody burnout worn out seven days seven days and it's all over and it only takes 24 hours and it's done I'm excited all but my wrapping thank you Jesus it's good to see a lot of happy faces and those of you who aren't happy start smiling okay come on you can do it um, I just wanted to lift and give some praises Wes has his date for his surgery January 3rd that's not far away. We're going to be lifting him and lifting him and lifting him. We want him to be better, all better. Um, and an announcement for you Bunko fans, we're going to cancel this week because of the holiday. We'll restart in the end of January. So just so you know, we won't be doing it this week. Um, Lisa Bailey is having her surgery Thursday, so we want to lift her in prayer. And after her last fiasco, we're really going to lift her in prayer. Um, I don't know if you know, they got her halfway ready into the surgery room and then had to stop. So we're going to get her there this time, okay? Um, Dory and Lisa, two friends of ours, have been exposed to COVID, so they're not here today, but they're watching online. Hey, guys. Um, 
And Karen, we're going to lift for some unspoken prayers in her life. Marge, we're going to fix those knees no matter what. I'm going to get a shot of adrenaline and put in there or something. Um, and we also... Um, Rig and Sarah have asked for prayers for Wes, but prayers for his family as they go through this time of surgery and keep him in, their, in God's hands. Um, also, Emily has lifted the, uh, prayers for Robert Moore's family for the death of his daughter, her niece, Martha. And I'm sorry to hear that. This is a hard time of year to lose those that we love. Um, and Holly Kipp has asked us to please lift her dad in prayer and keep him in our hearts. Okay, he needs our love. Um, I can say this is the first time ever I've been at a loss for words. I'm just so excited. Um, I looked at Chris's t-shirt or his shirt today and it says it all. Um, the reason for the season. He is the reason for the season. Because sometimes we just forget what it's all about. I'm, I'm crazy. I love the little red truck. But the reality is I love Jesus, and that's what it's all about, and that's why we're here. And it's just so great to see all you here today worshiping God, and on Christmas Eve we'll all come together for a service to worship Jesus and the reason that he's here and that we have the opportunity to go somewhere very special someday. So let us pray. Marge, what I forget? Did everybody hear that? Marge thanks us for our angel tree contributions, 268 gifts, 11 bikes, and 11 helmets to go with them. And a lot of kids will be happy and blessed. And for all you rappers, thank you very much. We did, we did a good job. A lot of rapping. Um, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this fellowship in this community and the coming together and the love and the hugs that we share with one another. Thank you for welcoming each other. Guide us. Lead us to you. Continue to make us your disciples because that is our mission to serve you and to love you. Be with those who are suffering, those that couldn't be here today for whatever reason. And a shout out to my friends that are out there. I know you're watching, and we love you and we miss you. But dear Heavenly Father, heal those that need healing. Be with those that need financial mercies. Feed the hungry. And like Marge said, we've made a lot of families very happy this Christmas. Be with Pastor Jack as he brings us peace today, which we all need during this time of year because we're all in a hurry. We're all having a to-do list that's five miles long. So put that aside and just find peace today. And in Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. All right, before we go to our video, um, you know, Joanna has really liked this uh, intro song. So um, for the last time we're going to play it of the series, we've got a little, little video clip to get us ready. It's Joanna's face ready to uh, conga for Joanna's... Haven Dance Party, so here we go.
So yeah, Joanna's dance mix party. There we go. All right. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Need to be Walt, I think. After. All right. Everybody good? Yeah. All right. Good. You're, that makes you better than half the people in the world, correct? Um, so good to see everybody here today. And for those online, I know there is uh, a lot of sickness going on here about the flu is crazier than ever and hearing some people with COVID and other kinds of things. So we're glad that we can uh, gather together. A couple um, quick announcements. Um, Disciple in the evening on Tuesday, where uh, we agreed to take a break this week um, just because we know people will be uh, saying they forgot to get this and arguing with some customer service representative online. So we don't want to bring a conflict of you talking about Jesus and then having to yell at the customer service person, all right? Um, so we're going to, uh, but seriously, we're going to take a, a break and we'll resume um, after the holidays. Um, and then um, also uh, next uh, Saturday, um, we know Christmas is on Sunday, so we will not be here. Um, and But um, we will um, be putting a kind of service online, um, an old message if you want to take a look or something like that. And um, and so we will be meeting here those Saturday at 7.30, um, 7, 7.30, and then we'll have a good time for, um, for our family celebration and a service with candlelight and... And we'll head out and start, you know, the rest and continue the rest of our, our Christmas stuff. If you're in the middle of, of doing cookies or whatever else, go ahead and come. Um, I figure it'll give the Eagles enough time to beat the Cowboys, so it'll be wonderful. Um, and I'll get my early Christmas present. Um, but anyway, it'll be a good time uh, to get together. And it's always one of our... our um, our good good times and of celebration in the Lord, and like Joanna was saying, to remind us of, of what this is really all about. And so we, we uh, ask that you go ahead, connect, invite anybody with you, bring them um, bring them with you, and we'll we'll just be excited to celebrate the Lord's birth. All right. So that's the uh, the brief things I have right there. Um, today we are going to c- conclude our series. Uh, hello, my name is. 
Um, my name is God. We've gone through several different ones, and we've been looking at the different names of God, which really we're talking about the different uh, characteristics or the different natures of God that are revealed by his nicknames, which is really kind of what we, we're dealing with. And um, one of the reasons why we have spent time doing this is because we have a 100% warped view of God, all of us, based off of our tradition, our experience, our um, what we were taught, no matter what, we all have a little bit warped view of God. And these names help us clarify that in several different ways. So it's not intentional, but we do have this sort of skewed view of God. And so today we are going, um, we, we spent a lot of time with a lot of the other names of God, but today we are going to go ahead and we're going to deal with one which is very seasonal, um, but it also is one that I think is extremely important. And that is the uh, term for God, imagine. Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. That's what it means. It means God with us. And ready? Um, here's where I'm going to teach you some, some very interesting Hebrew. How many of you ever, reckon, ever wonder why it was spelled I-N-E? Anybody ever wonder that? Why some spellings are I and some, some are E? I is the Hebrew spelling and E is the Greek spelling. So it's just one letter. That's the only difference. So you're either Greek, if it's all Greek to you, you go with an E. If it's I, we go with Hebrew. So I'm going to go with I today because we're, um, we're kind of, we stand in that Old Testament kind of mindset. So Emmanuel, it comes from the Hebrew term Emmanuel, which means with us. And El, which means? Man, you guys are brilliant. All right. God. So we have Emmanuel, God with us. And as we've come to study these names of God, hopefully they've connected something and had you grow, find something different about God or, or maybe help you, uh, your eyes open a little bit more about something that, that God is revealing to you. So we are, today we've gone through six of them and we're on our seventh name. And some have counted 80 to 100 names for God that is in there. We can get into other ones where like Jesus, is called Wonderful Counselor, um, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, and that goes on for more and more and more. But um, we've been spending a lot of time with just like mostly the Hebrew names of God that we learn. A lot of those are from uh, Exodus and, and from other areas. But today we are going to talk primarily of Emmanuel, which comes to us from two places. Now, this part of the season, we recognize, we, many of us know the story. There was Mary, and Mary was minding her business, and Gabriel appeared and said, hey, you're most blessed. You're going to have a child. She was um, betrothed to Joseph. And um, at this point in Matthew, this verse, the angel of the Lord comes to Matthew and says, hey, because it, the scripture tells us that, um, not to Matthew, but comes to Joseph and was going to say, hey, I'm, he was going to go ahead and divorce her quietly, not to bring disgrace, because um, he's dealing with a situation. Think about that. We read it, and it's very poetic, and we have nice movies about it. But here's Joseph. He's pledged to be married, and Mary says, hey, I'm expecting a baby, and it's from God. And he says, yeah, right. You know, I mean, I can't, I can't blame him. Can you? Um, and so all of a sudden, the angel appears to him and says, no, 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 don't do that because um, this, is what, this is what we've been looking for and, and you are favored. And so here we are in, um, in the section of scripture and it says, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived, hold on to that, the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and what is he supposed to do here? Um, and continuing, she's going to give birth to a son, and uh, 
this is to answer other things, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Why does he say that? Because Je- uh, Jesus in Hebrew is Joshua. It is um, also the same name, which means he saves. All right? So there's something in that name. So Jesus, you name him Jesus, for he saves their people from their sins. Now, all this took place so that what was spoken, okay, was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, prophet who? Isaiah, all right, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Isaiah said this would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. All right, and they shall give him the name Emmanuel, which translated means? Now, many people look at that and they say, wait a second. The angel said you're supposed to name him Jesus. And then it says he's going to take care of this and you're going to call him Emmanuel. Did they not hear? That's two different spellings, two different names. Hold in there. That's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, God says you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And what does that mean? Now, if you notice, once again, like we said, it says all this took place to fulfill what God had said, what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. So verse 23 is a fulfillment of something that has been previously predicted uh, way back when. And that was prophesied in Isaiah 7 verse 14 is where it comes from. Now in order to understand exactly what's going on in Matthew, we need to under, go back to Isaiah 7, 14 to see what it means. Now, we know it's translated God with us, but what does that mean? So let's go back. I'm going to take you back to Is, Israelite history. The divided kingdom was having issues. They were crumbling. They were being attacked um, um, from different sides, and they were going to be eventually taken over. And Isaiah is a prophet, and there was a king. King Ahaz is there, and God, he, he's concerned about lots of things. And God tells him, um, if you do thus and so, he said, I am going to give you a sign of victory. And this is going to be the sign of victory. It is that a virgin will have a son. And this will, this will be my sign to show you that we win and the enemy loses. All right, so that's from the um, verse chapter 17. And so here's what the, it says, what Isaiah said to King Ahaz, and it's in Isaiah 7, 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Okay, so th- this is all a sign of what God's saying is that there is victory for you. All right, how many of you need a sign of victory at times in your life? Anybody just say, God, can you give me a sign of victory? Because I'm not seeing it. We talked last week about Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner, and how sometimes we're fighting on the field and other times we're up on the hill. But sometimes we just need a sign to say, hey, we're going to get victory even though it's difficult. So he promises a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will call, give him the name Emmanuel. And here he is. So this is a sign of victory. The virgin that has a son will be the sign of victory. And here's the thing. And, and, and so what we have is the sign is going to be that she's going to have a child. The virgin is going to have a child and he will be God with you. Okay, don't lose sight of that. That it's not, we, a lot of us get caught into the whole, the virgin will have a child. But the key point about that is the child that she has will be God with us. The sign of victory is that we have God with us. 
Don't lose sight of that, that his name is Emmanuel, that God, when God is with us, we have victory. That no matter what happens, no matter what is attacking you, Matthew sees that quote, picks it up and says, oh, here is the sign that we are achieving ultimate victory that Mary, who happens to be the, the virgin who has, uh, is pregnant with Jesus, this is going to be God with us. So we finally get to achieve victory. This is a sign of victory that we have been waiting for forever. That no matter what you're going through, good, bad, ugly, or whatever this year, or no matter what you're going to face next year, because so many of us get to the point, whoo, thank God 2022's uh, gone. And then all of a sudden, guess what? 23 has some of its own problems. I remember in uh, 20 going, whoo, I can't wait for 2021. It's been horrible. 21 was bad enough on its own. And 22 had its own. And guess what? 23 ain't going to be skipping through the daisies either. That it, the calendar, it doesn't affect what wonderful experience or negative experience we have. The thing that affects it is that we have Emmanuel, God with us through it all, through the ups, through the downs. God is with you. And in order to understand the name of Emmanuel, we have to recognize this, that Emmanuel, God with us, takes all the names we've talked about of God and all the names that we haven't talked about, and it wraps them all up in one person. His name is Jesus. It's all wrapped up in him. So how many of you ever have decorated, how many of you decorate for Christmas? How many of you are like big decorators for Christmas, all right? Um, how many of you have ever gone ahead and, and decorated like these uh, nice packages that look really, really good, um, and then... Um, they, they look wonderful. Like Melissa and I went to Longwood Gardens the other day and they have a lot of beautiful kind of things and, and everything. And they have underneath the trees, these packages. And of course I went over and went, oh, presents. And I acted like I was going to open them. Um, but if I open them, what do you think I would find in there? Nothing. They look beautiful. They're better than any present I've ever wrapped. Um, but they have absolutely nothing in those. So if you put those packages outside, you're not worried about anybody stealing them, are you? You might get a little ticked off because you worked hard for them and, and wrapped them. But if somebody steals these nice, beautiful wrapped packages, are you concerned? Why? Because they're empty. Because they're empty. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, a lot of these packages are a lot like Christians and believers today. That... You know, we, we get ready and dressed for, to go to church or we have nice looking leather Bibles. Um, we have a lot of them sitting in areas of our house or underneath us. Or, or we all have like maybe five to ten Bible or religious apps on our phones. And we may be able to quote a verse or two um, uh, from the Bible in certain situations. We may even watch a regular Christian podcast or listen to worship music here and there. Yet if we begin to peel away the paper and the tape and the bows we wouldn't be able to locate that vibrant, abundant life that Jesus Christ promised us. In other words, it's a nice package on the outside, but inside it's just empty. People put a good wrapping around it, but it doesn't have much contents, and, they don't, and the reason why is because they don't understand the name Emmanuel, the name that is above all other names, the name of Jesus. And without Jesus in the center point of our lives, then the package is just wrapping, and Christianity is just another group that we join. When you understand Emmanuel, you have all that God is concentrated in the nature, in the being of one person, God with us, Emmanuel, who is Jesus. Jesus is very unique. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, 
It says this, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now, those of you who are Handel's Messiah people want to sing, and he shall reign for, right? You want to go into that part. But this is something I've seen since I was a kid, something I've heard every Christmas, something I've read when I looked at Isaiah, and we just read through it. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Now, there's two things that are in this verse that we just read past that have great significance. Number one, a child will be what? Born. born. Let's try it again. A child will be? Born. There we go. A child will be born. The child, let's take Jesus, would be born in a manger, correct? Okay, you guys know the Christmas story, all right? The child will be born in a manger. But there's another nature to that. A, and the son will be given. given. So we have a child to be born and a son to be given. given. Now, what does that mean? We read through it. What we're seeing is that, that this child has to be born in a manger. But in order for the son to be given, the son is already here but handed off. Now, there's a lot in that little sentence there that I'm going to unpack today. The son had to be given because Jesus always existed. Let me say that again. Jesus always existed. He is God. So in order for him, he had to be given. And you're going to see some really cool verses today that tell us about God with us, Emmanuel. Because the child is being, is being born because that's a, a God becoming flesh in humanity. But the son is giving up something and giving into something in order for God to become flesh. All right? And so... We're going to go deeper into this. That is not just the child that is born will not just be with you, but it is God with you. The number one thing about Jesus is his designation as God. Let's not forget that he was always the son. Always the son. And the New Testament over and over and over again equates Jesus with God. So many people spend time to debate. I can't wait to see time or life for somebody put on the real Jesus and put that on the front cover. They love to do that. They retool these articles and try to tell you about he wasn't God and he was just this other person. And you see these people who have lots of, lots of initials after their name. But you know what? They're nice wrapped packages, but they have nothing inside. And so here's, here's what we have. Listen to what it says. Um, I'm going to rip through a lot of these scripture lessons. But first Colossians says, um, I mean, excuse me, Colossians 1 says, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Hebrews 1, 3 says, the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, talking about the logos, and that's God. Um, and the word was God and the word was with God. And then in verse 14, John says, and the word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We look at that as very poetic, but if you said that to a first century Jewish person, it would be saying that God became crap, literally. They wouldn't look at it as poetic. They would look at it as disgusting because flesh is evil and God is holy and so holy, we don't even write his name Yahweh or Jehovah. We don't even write that. But, but we're saying that God, this holy, incredible, amazing being became this disgusting thing in flesh and made his dwelling or tabernacle in us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who comes from the father full of grace and truth. John 1.18 says, no one has seen God at any time, only God the son who is in the arms of the father. Uh, and 
and he has explained him. And John 14, 8 says, uh, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for you. And Jesus answered him, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? In other words, Philip's saying, hey, it's been nice hanging out with you for these three years, Jesus. You've seen some really cool stuff, and it's been kind of cool. But when do we get to see Daddy? And he says, what are you talking about? When you've seen me, you've seen him. Because I'm the exact representation of my father, and that's who I am. Jesus is the most unique person that ever lived in all of history because he's known as the God-man. He is fully man and fully God. Fully man and fully God. And we say, how can that happen? How can God get to be with us? How can all this stuff go on? Because you have Mary, who is very human. Everybody got me? Mary, very, very human. And you have God who is very God. And the scripture says that, Mary, that the, the spirit of God came upon her and overshadowed her and she became pregnant. So here you have um, the egg of a, of a woman with, with the seed of, and the, and the deity that, is, that comes upon her. And here you go. Bam. She's pregnant with this greatest miracle that ever happened. So Jesus contains each nature of his mother and his father. How many of you, how many of you sometimes have ever talked and, and your father falls out of your mouth? Anybody, anybody ever given a look like your mother? How many, how many of your, anybody ever had anybody say, you are just like your mother? Anybody ever say, you're so much like your father? Anybody? We, you know why? Because we inherently carry the characteristics of our parents. So Jesus carries the, all the physical, human uh, attributes of his mother, of Mary. But also he contains in that all the divinity of his daddy. All there in, in one unique, amazing uh, being. Um, here's your theological term for the day. We call it the hypostatic union. You can just use that in a sentence and make people think you're intelligent today, all right? Hypostatic union. What this means is the, the union of two different natures that is together but unmixed forever. This is why sometimes in the scripture Jesus is called the son of man. You ever heard that? The son of man will be lifted up. And this is also reasons why other times he's called the son of God. Because the answer is yes. He has both of them. Because of his God nature, he's the son of God. Because of his human nature, he is the son of man. That's why at one moment he could be hungry. And the next moment he could feed 5,000 plus people with a kid's lunchable. That's why in one moment he could be thirsty and the next moment he could walk on water. That's why one moment in Luke chapter 2, 52, it tells us he had to learn. And the next moment he could astound the leaders of the day with his great knowledge that he possessed. That's why one moment he could die on a cross and bleed in pain and three days later raise up from the dead because he is fully God and fully man. What about his fame? Here's a man who's never written a book, yet his book is the bestseller in all of history. There's more, and there's more books written about Jesus than any other individual who's ever lived. Here's a man who never wrote a song, but there are more songs written about him that pay homage and glory to him than any other human being that's ever existed. 
Here's a man who never traveled on foot or horseback or camel or donkey more than 300 miles from the place where he lives, yet there is no place in the globe where people do not know him and honor his name. You know why? Because Jesus is not just a man. He is the God-man. He is Emmanuel, where all the names of God are contained in God with us. And you may not remember all the names of God. If I said El Elyon, could you pull it out? Probably not. That's the one we always forget. Um, but you may not remember all the names of God in the series or the 80 plus. There's one I like. Called, it sounds cool. Uh, Jehovah Saba. It starts with a T. Sounds like it should be like a Jamaican song. Yo, Saba. You know what I mean? Um, I, like, I like that name. And sometimes I'm like, what does that mean? I forget them. Anybody forget them? Okay. That's okay because all you need to know is Emmanuel. All you need to know is, is that if you remember the name Jesus then in that you have the name Emmanuel, and in Emmanuel you have all that God is. Every single answer, every single thing of God. And, and in looking at some of the names of the Old Testament and some of the claims about Jesus in the New Testament, it is even more clear that Emmanuel, in Jesus, everything comes together. For instance, the name Elohim. We didn't talk about that except for briefly. It means the creator God. In the beginning of Genesis, it tells us that, um, in, that God said, let us create man in our own image. There's a plurality there. And what it said in Colossians 1, it says, all things were created by him, by Christ Jesus. And Genesis says, well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yes, let us make man in our image. And what does that mean? You can, say that, you can actually say that Jesus created the heavens and the earth because he was there. According to Colossians, he is in Jesus. He is Elohim. What about Yahweh or Jehovah, the great I am? I am who I am, the relational God. Jesus says to the Jews in John chapter 8, he says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, that's really bad English, right? Because in English, it should have said, before Abraham, I was. But because you're speaking to past tense, but Jesus is saying, no, before Abraham, I am who I am. He's saying before Abraham, Yahweh right here, Jehovah right here. And that's why they got really upset with him. In other words, he identifies with that authoritative part of God. Adonai, which means Lord, master, the boss of your life. In the New Testament, it says we must confess Jesus as our Lord. If you confess Jesus as Adonai, then he is your Lord of your life. And many people get Jesus to be Savior. They just miss out on the Adonai part of his life. In Matthew chapter, uh, one, one of the things that you find interesting, if you refuse to call Jesus Adonai, your Lord and your master, you lose out on Yahweh and Jehovah because you don't get the power of Elohim. That's how it works. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, it says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. But if you confess me as Lord before men, I will confess you before my father because I am your Adonai. I am your Lord. Jehovah Nisi, you better know that one if you're here. What does it mean? The Lord is my banner, my banner of victory. And in John chapter 16, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world, right? I have overcome the world. Jehovah Rohi, which means the Lord is my shepherd. And in John 10, 11 and 27, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I hear my, sh I, I, uh, I know my sheep and my sheep know my voice and they follow me and I will lay down my life 
for my sheep. Jehovah, here it is, Jehovah Saba, which means the Lord of hosts, the Lord our warrior. Um, it just means that God has, has the power over all of heaven, um, that Jesus has all the power. He told Nathaniel, he said, um, very truly I tell you, Nathaniel, you will see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In other words, he said, you're, you're going to see the angels just coming around me saying, "Woo, you're awesome. And you know why? Because in heaven, all around the throne of God, they're going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So when, when Jesus says, you're going to see me lifted up, and the angels are going to just see, praise the Lamb forever and ever, amen, right? Why? Because I'm Jehovah Saba. And he also told, um, he also told in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they were coming to get him, Peter pulled out a sword and cut off Malchus's ear. Jesus picked it up, did one of those Jesus things, and plopped the ear back on and said, why are you fighting? Don't you think at any moment... I I could call 10,000 angels and take care of this. Why? Because he is Jehovah Saba, the Lord of hosts. And he can, he can call them all down at any moment. He is El El Yan, the Lord Most High, high and mighty in uh, the New Testament. It's in, in Ephesians 1 and in Hebrews, it says that he, he says, I sit at the right hand of the Father, high and lifted up. He sits at the seat of honor, high and lifted up in, in glory, seated at the right hand in the most highest position. He is El Shaddai, die and anybody who's an Amy Grant fan is singing that song in your head right now. El Shaddai, which means God Almighty and in Revelation 1.8 it says Jesus Christ is Lord Almighty. Jesus Christ is El Shaddai. In Hebrews 1 it tells us uh, you, it's really cool because you have the Father God the Father looking at God the Son, Jesus, and calling Jesus God in the midst of it. They're calling each other God, like, God, how you doing? Oh, good, God, how you doing, Daddy God? How you doing, God? How you, Holy Spirit, God? I know it blows your mind, but that's because he's God and we're not. So here's what it is. If you get confused about all these names of God, just remember Emmanuel. What about Jehovah Jireh? My provider. Remember Emmanuel, God with us. Why? Because Jesus in John chapter 6, 35 said, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you'll never go hungry. I'll supply all your needs. And for Philippians chapter 4, the apostle Paul writes about Jesus and says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jehovah Jireh is Emmanuel. So you don't have to be a Bible scholar and memorize and know all the names of God. Um, but sometimes it actually is pretty cool to know them and you learn a little bit more about them. But all you need to know is Emmanuel. Because when God is with us, that means we have Jehovah Jireh. That means we have Jehovah Nisi. That means we have El Elyon, El Shaddai, Adonai. We have all those things contained in Emmanuel, God with us. And the cool thing is he allows us to piggyback off of that name. Now, I think it's very interesting. Has anybody ever benefited from your name? In life? Anybody? You know, like years ago, um, I, was, uh, I was starting to work and Melissa was finishing up school and I wanted to buy a, a bed. So I went up to, um, our, I, uh, I'll tell you the name of the, of the place in a little bit, but I, um, I went up to Delaware and I was looking and it was a very busy day. We looked at beds and they had two lines. After you picked out what you wanted, you had one where they would do your credit check and the other one, if you're going to pay so much on a bed. Um, and then 
the other line was, was like, after you got your credit approved, you had to go stand in line and, and pay for the initial stuff. You know what I'm talking about here? Um, and so you're, you know, it was just, uh, it was a Saturday and there was long lines and they had those sales like every furniture place has, you know, all the time. And I was standing in this, in this uh, line, I was getting closer to the point where you go ahead and you, um, you know, where they check your credit and then you were going to uh, go to the other line and stand in that long line and wait. Uh, for for everything else and to be able to take it home or get delivery or whatever else. So I was standing there and they they were taking them and the name of the furniture store was Cohen Brothers Furniture. <laughs> All right, so I'm standing there in this long line. I am, what, uh, just out of college, 22, 20, 23 years old. I'm standing there and, you know, credit was like this, right? Because you don't have credit when you're in, in, in college. Um, I had a credit card, which I didn't do very well with at that point. Um, but, uh, because I thought it was free money, it's not. Um, but anyway, I remember I was standing there and we're standing in line and meanwhile, we're, um, we're almost here and then we gotta get to the other one and you put your things up and this girl said, picks up and says, um, uh, Mr. Cohen, how you doing? And this man was walking behind and he said, what's his name? And they said, um, uh, it's Jack Cohen. He goes, oh, he said, are you related to that? I said, I don't know. He said, well, anyway, you're good to go. I, we got you. I said, don't I have to go get in line? No, 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 go over here. You're good. You go ahead. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, right? You know, this name finally got me something in my life. You know, it's the name because you know what? It was Mr. Cohen. And so for him, he's like, hey, you're a brother somewhere along the line. That sounds good to me. So in Israel, it's like Smith over there, like, oh, going, 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 yay, woohoo. Um, but what I'm saying is there are times in our life that a name means something. And be, uh, the cool thing is that we can piggyback off of the name of God through Emmanuel. That Jesus gives us that opportunity to say, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. There have been times in my life where, um, you know, it's, it's really amazing. I have this friend um, that I went to uh, school with and I, 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 in college, and I tease her and I say, Lisa, you, are, you have like this Jedi mind trick kind of thing. And she finds a way to get us, uh, it always has, to get us into the most amazing things. We were out a couple years ago out to West Virginia, and, you know, people tailgate and eat and all kinds of other stuff, but then they have like the really nice tailgate tailgates, you know, like the people who are like big wigs in the area and they have steak and all that other kind of stuff, you know, where we're like doing hot dogs, they're doing steak and it's in a nice big tent and you have to be invited to that or you have to pay lots of money. And she's over there and she's talking to somebody, hey, do you know so-and-so? Um, and he told me to come meet them here. And they said, she goes, yeah, he's upstairs. He's going to be down in bed. Why don't you come in? And she goes, well, I've got about five people. Oh, that's fine. We got plenty. I'm in there in shorts when people are wearing ties and I'm eating steak for free. You know why? Because I'm with this Jedi, Lisa, who just waves her hand and stuff happens. And, and I'm like, you know, can we go to the White House or someplace else? You know, it's amazing when that stuff happens because when you're with certain people, they kick open the door and you have access to so many things. When we recognize that it's not just God here, that we have God experience in these other situations. But the fact that we have God with us, doors open all over the place. And we need to expect those doors to open because he is everything that God provides. He's God provider. He's God, uh, our, our banner. He is our mighty God. He's all those things. And he's right here with us. And that is amazing. Now, you may not have a name on your own unless you go to Cohen Brothers Furniture. But if you know Jesus... You're connected with the name that is above 
all other names. And that's why I love this verse in Philippians chapter 2. And it's not a misprint that I have this here twice on your, on your bulletin today. But I want to look at this first of all. It's because it tells us about exactly about what we went. For unto us a, a child is born and unto us a son is given. And it's going to focus on the son being given, how Jesus always was. And here's what it says. It says, he already existed in the form of God. And he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, he didn't say, you know, hey, I'm God. I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and do that. Because his love was so great for us. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped or held on to. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born. So we have, here's the son who ex always existed, right? For unto us a child is born, being born in the likeness of man and being found in the appearance of a man. But the son is given because the son always was here. Everybody with me here? This is important. And this is amazing when we look at this. Okay, but bondservant and being born in the likeness of a man and he being found in the appearance of a man. Here we go. Next. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. For this reason, God also highly exalted him, lifted him up, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and, every, and those who are in heaven, and those who are on earth, and those who are under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Adonai. He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here's what we have here. And, and so notice what that verse said. It said he emptied himself. Now what I've got here is I've got humanity. Right here. This is humanity. This is divinity. He always was. He always is. He always will be. And yet, because of his love for you and me, what he did is he emptied himself, pouring his God self into humanity. There is more limitations to the glass than there is to the pitcher. But he did that, why? Because of his love for you and me. That God himself said, you know, yeah, I'm God and I, and I do this, but I'm going to take the fullness of God and I'm going to put it in flesh. I'm going to put it in the creation for many other reasons. And that's what we're going to talk about. So this virgin, this is the virgin birth right here. Right here. Next time you get a glass of water, say, oh, Merry Christmas. All right. That's what's happening. Jesus emptied himself into humanity so he could be God with us, not God removed from us. So he could be human in every aspect of the word apart from sinning. While at the same time he was God and to go through the growth and development process of every human being goes through. Jesus had to go through puberty. His voice went, hey, mom. You know, that's what he did. We don't see that, but he went through that. Why? To experience it. To experience it. Remember when we were talking about Abraham and how God himself wanted to experience something. He didn't have, he, he knew what that was like. But when he told Abraham, now I know that you love me more. He had the experience of that love that was there. So God wanted to experience everything to release us from that. And the beauty is that Jesus operates in two zones at the same time. Because he is man, he knows exactly what you and I are going through. He knows how you feel. He knows the pain of hurt and rejection. 
He knows of what it's like to have people who are close to him, betraying him and deserting him. He know what it, knows what it's like when people you've loved for three years don't even acknowledge your name. He knows what it's like to be falsely accused. He knows what it's like to go through pain, thirst, and hunger. He knows what it's like to not have a place to call his own home. And when you go to the name Jesus, you go to somebody who can identify with you, as the scripture says, he came to sympathize with us, to empathize with us. We have a God who understands it all. In Jesus Christ, you not only have a man who can feel what you feel, but he is also God. So he, can, he knows what you're going through, but because he's God, he can do something about what you're going through. Because he's man, he can identify with it. Because he's God, he can deal with it. In Jesus, you have the God-man. You have the full manifestation of God working on your behalf. And in Jesus Christ, you have all of the God of the Old Testament wrapped up into one, but he's working on your behalf. There's a great story after the resurrection. Jesus is walking, the resurrected Jesus is walking down the road and Jesus decides to eavesdrop on some people who are walking down the road. The road that they're on is a road to Emmaus. They're walking along. Jesus hears them distraught, upset, talking about stuff. And he says, hey, what you guys talking about? And he said, what, you haven't heard? Why? He said, why are you guys so upset? And he was kept, they were kept from seeing who it really was. He said, you look so discouraged. You, you guys are down. What's going on? I mean, it's, you know, here we go. We got, we got you know, Passover coming up. Pretty soon Pentecost will be holiday season. You know, I'll be happy. He's like, no, you haven't heard? Heard what? We, there's this guy named Jesus, and we placed all our hopes in him. We thought he was the one. We thought he was the one that was going to make things right, that he was going to deliver us from our enemies, that he was the Messiah that was promised, that he was going to turn things around. And yet a few days later, he was crucified on a cross. And here's what's worse. We don't have a clue where he is. Isn't it amazing? He was right there with them. He was Emmanuel. And they didn't see it because they were so focused on the troubles and the problem and the loss and the dis discouragement in their life. Many of us are so focused on the discouragement and stuff in our life, we forget Emmanuel, that he is right there with us. And see, they were sitting there and they were so, so, so distraught. And Jesus says, you guys are pretty dumb. How foolish are you? And wh what would you do about somebody who eavesdropped on your conversation and all of a sudden goes, man, you're an idiot. Jesus says, let me tell you something. And the scripture says something really incredible. He says, how foolish and how slow are you to believe that all the prophets and, and, and Moses have said. And then the scripture says, then he opened up the Bible, which he would have had Moses and the prophets. That's all he would have had. He would have had the Old Testament, right? And he's walking along and he says, he opened he, he began to open them up and he showed them everything in there in Moses. And that means the whole Exodus journey. That means all that stuff and the law and the prophets and showed them and talked all about him. Him. He went to the Old Testament and said, you're dumb. This is me. This is me. The only names he could talk about that showed him were El Elyon, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai, 
And he's going through one, and then the other, 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 and he's going through them. And he's talking about himself from the Old Testament. And when they got to the place, they went on for a while. Jesus, it said, uh, Jesus loves messing with people. I, it's great. He's walking. He says, I'll see y'all later. And like, no, 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 no. Stay, stay, stay. Stay. What, whatever you've got is just awesome. Stay with us. So he went in and they sat down and he continued talking. And it said, once he got to the point that he went ahead and he, he took bread and he, he blessed it and he broke it. And then he went, poof. And they went, uh-oh. We are pretty dumb because Emmanuel, didn't our hearts burn within us when he spoke to us on the road? Because of where they were focused in life, they couldn't even hear the voice of God there with them. It wasn't until that everything was completely broken that then they saw the scars and everything else happened in that time. They got so excited they didn't even eat. And it was night because that's why they told him to stay. They got so excited, they took off and ran back and told him, hey, we saw him. We saw him and he is very much alive. In other words, what they were saying is, he ain't dead. He is still Emmanuel. He's still with us. He hung out with us. Because here's what's happening. We have done a bad job in the church of saying, here's the Old Testament, here's the New Testament. The Old Testament is all about Jesus. The New Testament is all about Jesus. You know why? Because he always was the son. Always was the son. And Jesus is the fulfillment of all that God is and all that God wants you to know. All scripture is a progression of revelation. God showing bits and pieces of himself and they all come together in the fullness of Jesus. So if you know the name of Jesus and if you know Emmanuel, then you know all the other things about God and you can actually utilize the name of God. That's why in our prayers, we always end them in Jesus' name because we're wrapping it all together. The Holy Spirit's not saying, come on, let me get some billing here sometime. You know, God's not saying, you know, God the Father here. No, in Jesus' name, because it all comes together. Because what does it say? That God lifted him up. Because of what he did, he poured himself out and God raised him up that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord of all and all. So even if you don't remember the names of God, even if you don't remember all those identities and nicknames, just remember Emmanuel, God with us. There's a great quote by Pastor Randy Smith that said, Jesus had to be our Emmanuel to be our Savior. And once he became our Savior, he becomes Emmanuel. He had to become God with us, pouring himself out in order to give his life up for us on a cross. That's what that scripture said. But once we accept him as our Savior, he is forever Emmanuel, with us all the time. When you remember the name of Jesus and Emmanuel, I want you to do three things as we begin to wind this down. Number one, wear the name. We live in a time, a, a tattoo environment, right? Um, where every place I go, you see tattoos and um, you see a lot of people who put names of other people that they wish they didn't uh, in life and they wish they could scrub it off or they have it turned into like a bird or something, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, they have those uh, but, you know, what we need to do is wear the name of Jesus on us, that when people see us, they see the name of Jesus, even more so than anything else. We need to tattoo that on our lives. Now, this thing about this name is this name is going to bring you some problems, too, because not everybody is going to like the fact that you wear the name of Jesus. 
They don't mind you wearing the name God. But when you name the name Jesus, you know how people say God, God, God. But when you say the name of Jesus, people get a little nervous. They might get offended if you wear the name Jesus. So when you wear the name, be prepared to bear the name. Not only bear the blessings, but sometimes there'll be rejection. Sometimes you'll be called too spiritual, too committed, too archaic, too foolish, etc. But be ready to bear the name of Jesus. And when you wear the name and you bear the name, be ready to share the name. Let people know that you know that Jesus is the name that is above every other name. That you're not ashamed of the gospel. That you're not ashamed to wear it, bear it, or share it. Why? Because the name of Jesus and the nickname Emmanuel brings all the nature and the power of God's names into one name, Jesus. And whatever you need, guess what? It's already there. It's the Christmas season, and the way to get closer to God is to get closer to Jesus. Because he is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the very presence of God becoming human. And you know, God did a lot to hook up this holiday, didn't he? Think about it. There's a lot of stuff that God did in human nature. He revealed it to a prophet Isaiah. He went through this uh, incarnation, virgin birth thing. And then he had to have two people fall in love that were associated with the tribe of Judah through the line of David. Um, and you had to have the genealogies that they knew that it was through there. There's only, uh, when the Romans destroyed the temple in 70 AD, the genealogies of the Jewish people were there. So many of those were destroyed except for the one record that we have from Matthew um, and Luke that tell us the, the lineage of Jesus Christ through the line of David. Um, and, uh, and so you have that. Um, and, and so he, God did a lot to make sure this, this Christmas season would happen. But more importantly, he did a lot to make sure that God was with us, more importantly. So why? Why God with us? Why did God enter human reasons? So he could feel what it's... So number one, so that we could feel what it's like to have God sitting right next to us. Number two, God wanted to know what it feels like to, to have humanity sit next to him. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything was good. And it says that God walked along with him in the garden and then sin entered and we were separated from God. And he spent the rest of that time trying to make a way, making a way. And he promised Abraham. And Abraham said that God himself will provide the lamb. And his name is Jesus. But he had to become the lamb himself. In Hebrews 4.14, we're told that he could sympathize with us and he went through every struggle and situation. He went through loneliness and being forsaken and rejected and betrayed and gossiped about and loss and hurt and emotions and pain. He even went through crucifixion and death. He went through everything you're going through and so much more. So you aren't saying anything to Jesus that he doesn't already know. And so I hope you understand that the name Emmanuel that you've been given the greatest Christmas gift because God wants to spend time with you. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to sit and, you know, have eggnog and watch the Christmas story with you. He wants to just love on you. He understands completely what it means to be human while at the same time understanding what it means to be God. So let's give him the praise and worship he richly deserves. That's why I added this verse Philippians two times today. 
Because in Philippians 9, it says, therefore, hey, when Jesus went through all that, therefore, and remember what I said about therefore? You got to find out what it's there for. And what's it there for? That everything that Jesus went through for you and me, that God lifted him up high and exalted in the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, what happens? Every knee bows. Where's it bow at? In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Adonai, Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Every knee up in heaven, right now, everybody who's in heaven, all those people that love Jesus, that love, that made him their Lord, you know what they are doing right now? At the mention of Jesus' name, bam, they are bowing and giving praise. If you don't believe me, read the scriptures. The whole time, scriptures, I, I said, you ain't going to get, you're, good thing we ain't going to get tired up there. Because you know what happens? All of a sudden, these angels keep going, holy, holy, holy. And the, the elders are throwing their crowns down on the ground and they're jumping up. Holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty. And it's just praise and worship and food all the time. All the time. Because God lifted them up above all other things. And every knee on earth is to revere and honor and praise and give homage to Jesus as Lord. So here's our options. You can revere, honor, and praise him now voluntarily or you'll revere, honor, and praise him later mandatorily. Don't lose sight that God is with us. With all the other stuff in life, don't lose track of him and all the trimmings and everything else of this season. Because he is the reason. And that's become a nice catchphrase. But don't allow the package of your life to look good on the outside and be empty inside. Remember, God is with you. Give him some real glory, some real praise. He's not another man. He is Emmanuel. He is dwelling with us. And all you have to do is bow to him and give him glory, to praise his name, because he is the Lord of life, which means he's the Lord of Christmas and over every other season. We are celebrating at Christmas the greatest birth of the greatest person ever to live. It's God becoming flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, that God so loved the world, that God so loved you so much that he gave, you know what? Gave what? His son, unto us a son is given. He gave his son in human form so that he could experience everything that we go through and to rescue us from the grasp that sin and death had on us, providing us an experience with him as our savior. So when you think about Jesus and when you think about Christmas and the celebration that goes with it, the festivities, the gifts, the food, the family, the fellowship, not having to go to school and work and all those other kind of things, there's a lot of great things to Christmas, but there is none that compare to the eternal perk of eternal life because Jesus was born, remember, to save people from their sins, to offer eternal life because he is the visible manifestation of God the Father. Anybody old enough to, uh, you know, anybody remember, uh, like a lot of people might uh, have used Prego spaghetti sauce. You know what I'm talking about? Now, if you're as old as I am, you might remember a commercial back in the 80s where this very Italian father came in and, his, and he's like, oh, you're a newlywed already and you're all, she's already got you using jar uh, spaghetti sauce. 
And he said, no, Dad, this is prego spaghetti sauce. And he's like, oh, well, in the happiness to life, you need garlic. And he would say, it's already in there. Well, what do you need? You need the mushroom? Do you need the... It's already been in there. It's already in there. Dad, it's already in there. He takes it, oh, love it on you. Oh, it's in there. You know, remember this? All right. If you don't know it, Google it, and you'll find it. Um, we, we spend so many times looking for stuff in life that's already in there. We're saying, hey, but the happiness key to life is if I had this. And, and Jesus says, it's in there. It's in here. But wait, wait, if I just had this, it's in there. It, it's, it, it's in there. That's why the scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you're looking for a deliverer in the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, guess what? It's already in there. If you're looking for a sustainer in the name of Jesus and Emmanuel, guess what? It's already in there. If you're looking for a Rapha healer, restorer, guess what? In the name of Jesus and Emmanuel, it's already in there. If you're looking for a shepherd to guide and comfort and lead you in this world that has taken us all different places, in the name of Jesus and the name of Emmanuel, it's already in there. If you're looking for a banner of victory to fight, and to, to give allegiance to, and to fight the battles on the mountain and in the valley and you're tired of fighting in the, in the valley and you're, you're getting tired of lifting your hands in praise and not seeing anything. In the name of Jesus and Emmanuel, what is it? It's already in there. If you're confused and looking for answers and you need Yahweh, Jehovah to say, it doesn't matter because you can't find your burning bush. Guess what? Your burning bush is this. His name is Jesus. It is Manuel. And it's already in there. He says, I, before Abraham, I am. If you're crumbling at the weight of life and you're looking for God most high, El Elyon, to lift you up above the situation and the circumstance of life. In the name of Jesus and Emmanuel, guess what? It's already in there. Whatever you're facing in life, all the names of God, it's already in there. His name is Jesus, and he is Emmanuel, and he is walking with you every day. He became Emmanuel to be your Savior so that your Savior can be Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and let's praise the Lord. God with us. Lord, as we look around in our world, we don't see Emmanuel. We don't feel Emmanuel. When we look at the circumstances of our life, we don't experience Jehovah Rapha. We experience everything else. We experience the bitterness of Mara. We, we experience the frustration of lack of provision and the concern, and yet we're trying to find Jehovah Jireh. We may say the words, but deep in our spirits sometimes we don't feel it. We wonder if you we, we have a look of you that God you're just so far removed and you don't understand and Jesus says no 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 remember I'm Emmanuel I went through it 
going through it. I understand it. I'm on your behalf, and I love you. And because I'm, because I was fully human, because I'm fully human, I understand. But I'm also fully God, so I can take care of it. Cast all our cares on Him, for He understands and He cares for you. And I said, Lord, in the study of "Hello, my name is God," we could go on forever about the names of God. But thank you that right now, what we need to just bask in is Emmanuel. We have somebody in our family right now. Somebody here has, has been so distracted on their own road to Emmaus, so discouraged because they're saying, haven't you heard what's going on in my situation? Haven't you heard about this person that I love and yet they're dealing with these issues and shouldn't have to deal with them? And Others are saying, I've got to face this surgery. I've got to face this health issue. And I've got to face this loss at this time of year. And haven't you heard? And even if you've heard, you don't feel like you care. And it's just... It's just clouding everything else, and, and you're right there with us. And help us see you. Help us see Emmanuel and, and open up your life to us in all these circumstances and show us that you are here and you are present. Because, God, this world promises a lot that's in there. It promises us that it has all the things that we need for happiness. It promises us everything that's that's present. Oh, if you just have this, if you do that, if you find this, and then God, we, we get to a point we it's not enough, and we're still wanting, we're still needing, and we just, it's like eating bitter spaghetti sauce. It needs something else. It needs some more of this, and nope, that's what you need. That's what the world tells us. So Lord, right now, we need some spiritual prego. We need you to to show us in every ounce of our lives on this journey that whatever you, whatever we need, it's in there through Emmanuel. Always has been, always will be. So during this time together, let us just praise you because we better start learning how to do it if every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess. Let's do it now voluntarily. Let's lift up the name Jesus higher because even your father said, I'm lifting you up because of what you've done, son. Because you've glorified me. And you, under, you help me understand more so I can be with them like I've always wanted to be. So right now at the claim of Jesus, all those people that I love that have gone on, they're kneeling and praising you. My grandparents, my mom and dad, my, my buddy Danny, buddy Donnie, all those people who loved you are kneeling before you and praising you. All glory and power and honor be to the King and the Lamb forever and ever. Praise the name of Emmanuel. His name is Jesus. So God, let us join with that chorus in heaven as we praise the name of Jesus and lift you higher and higher because you're not far removed. You are Emmanuel here with us right now. As we take time and blessing you through your tithe and our offering, we give back as a portion to you, and we ask that you just anoint them and, and just continue to meet the needs, your needs around the earth, so other people can see that there is a God and his name is Emmanuel in their lives. And may we, Lord, just be your people. Just bask in your presence. Just take time to say how amazing it is to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
the bleak midwinter, all creation grows for a world in darkness, frozen like a stone. Light is breaking in a stable for a throne, and He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. Everybody remembers what time Christmas Eve? 730. There you go. Invite anybody. We just want to have a great time. I will let you know. Um
yet that we don't, we're not going to um, take an official offering. But one of the things we are going to do is have a love offering, and that will go to the Pilkington Assistance Fund that we do uh, in memory of uh, Danny Pilkington, where we go ahead and we help others in our community um, when they need it. And that's something that you can give to regularly. So I um, just want to let you know to prepare. But if not, and you're making cookies and you got flour on your face, awesome. Come, praise the Lord, and go back home and make more cookies, all right? And give me some. God bless. Have a great week. Love you all. If I don't see you, Merry Christmas.